Hello Eclectic Mix fans, it's Brock here and I'm here to let you know that you can get exclusive early access to all our content at Eclectic Mix Podcast on Instagram. Thanks guys. G'day guys and welcome back to the Eclectic Mix Podcast with our special guest for this week, Scotty Darlow. How are you Scotty? I'm tremendous. How are you boys going? All right? Very good. Thanks. Excited to have you on. Yeah, first. I'm first. excited, mate. I'm excited to be on. I've, I've been working for a long time, hoping that I could get on your highly People everywhere are talking about it. It's one of the hot shows in town. Anyway, good to be here. Um, so we'll start off with getting to know you a bit more for our listeners that don't know who you are. So if you want to explain what you do for a living and... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm a singer-songwriter, so recording artist, and I spend a lot of time uh, doing stuff around that, so writing and, and recording and touring, and um, and also do a lot of speaking as well. So I speak in about 100 schools and corporate sort of organisations a year around uh, Aboriginal culture and reconciliation. So sort of two jobs that I squeeze into one line. Yep. It's pretty impressive. Uh, so, Scott, as uh, we saw recently on your Instagram, you have new music coming out uh, pretty soon. So. Uh, yep name of that and what's it about yeah so new song coming out this friday called you can't see black in the dark um and it's about just the history of australia and or the history of the world really um and just about our need as people to be educated and to actually stop shouting at each other and stop and sit and listen and i think you know one of the things we're seeing around the world with the black lives matter movement at the moment is that um you know a lot of people haven't for a long time been prepared to just sit and listen to people of color and to really absorb their stories and to actually let them sink in and, and in turn empathised. Um, and so you have a whole group of people feeling unheard. Uh, and I certainly know that's the case for, for First Nations Australians here. And I think that's probably where the, the protests here have come from has been, you know, for me as an Aboriginal person, it's, it's actually been quite frustrating to see so many people in Australia be so empathetic to George Floyd in America, which we should be because that's a terrible thing. But on the same token, you sit back and look at it and go, hang on a minute, we've got people here dying in custody. We've got Aboriginal people here growing up in third world conditions, dying young, going to prison at extraordinary rates. Why is it that we're so passionate about over there when that stuff is happening here in our backyard and we don't even give it a second thought? So, yeah, I think um, the song is all about that. It's about just the need to be educated. We've got to get educated because you can't see black in the dark. Oh, very good. I think that's, although you're a great bloke and we met you via school, I think that's why... We got you on the podcast. It's a perfect time for us as young young adults to spread the word on Aboriginal culture in Australia and how that's being affected at the moment and how it's always been there. But like you mm. said, it's um, not generally seen. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that we just have allowed to be um, ignored, swept under the carpet. And there's an old saying too that the victory, you know, the, the winners write, the victors write the history. Yeah. Um, and so we've whitewashed the history of this country dramatically and we've got, to, we've got to do something about that. We've got to start actually being active in our own education. You know, a lot of the things I get told from, from people often is, oh, we never learned this in school. You know, they never taught us this. And, and that's fair enough. But at what point do we actually take responsibility for our own learning as humans? Exactly right. So, yeah. Um, so we, we learned back when... We heard you speak in year nine that you're a Yorta Yorta man. That's how you pronounce yep. it. Yep, Yorta Yorta, spelled Y-O-R-T-A, and you say it twice. Yep, perfect. Um, so if you could give us a bit of a rundown on that culture and what it means to you, 
that'd be perfect. Yeah, Yorta Yorta country is um, up your way, actually. So up on the river. Um, so Shepparton, Echuca, Yarrawonga, Numerka, all up through there. Um, Nathalia, sorry. Um, and, and yeah, Yorta Yorta, you say it twice because it's both sides of the river. Now, you guys will call it the Murray River. Just so you know, that's the English name for it. It's a proper name. It's a real name for thousands of years in that part of the world anyway, has been, we call it the Dungala. So Dungala, uh, and Yorta being the New South Wales side of Dungala, Yorta being the Victorian side of Dungala. So Yorta Yorta. So Yarrawonga, um, Wangaratta, all up through there. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah and it's a great part of the world, and um, you've always known, you've, you know, I mean, you're stuck in Albury, but occasionally you probably sneak over to Shep to see how the good life feels. Oh, just, there's a bit of it. Just, just cruise back to yeah, cruise back to Albury with your tail between your legs, feeling miserable. <laughs> so I assume you were born in Shepparton, yeah? No, no, no. But oh, no, I made. I grew up everywhere. My dad had a job which meant that he travelled. So uh, I grew up in Melbourne and Hong Kong for six years. He was a social worker, so he ran refugee camps in Hong Kong. So I lived there for six years. Back to Melbourne. Back to I went to Perth for a little bit. Melbourne, Perth, back and forth. Uh, Shepparton. Um, back and forth from there. So yeah, all over, man. A bit of a gypsy at heart. <laughs> How did you find that growing up, being all over the joint? I know I've lived in the same house all my life, so I'm pretty... Have you? Pretty yeah. Steady, yeah, um, uh, yeah it, it was challenging. I went to seven different schools. So that was always a bit of a challenge, sort of always constantly having to make new friends and be the new kid. And um, But yeah, I think it, it was also good because it built resilience and gave me good people skills you know i think anything man brock i think anything in life comes down to your attitude so there's always going to be things that you can sit there and feel sorry for yourself about or you can try and look at it as a positive and go well this is giving me strength of character it's helping me develop people skills or it's helping me whatever you know so i think as a kid i was miserable about it but i think as an adult i've become more aware that i need to really look back on it with fondness and appreciate what it did for me so your mindset there, as a kid, um, what was it? Was it positive, negative? I hated it. Yeah, I hated it. Yeah, hated it. Lived in Hong Kong for six years and pretty much cried myself to sleep most nights. And was that... Uh, sorry, you go. No, 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 you're right. Um, was that what? Mental health, was that a big part of your childhood? Well, back then, we didn't know what mental health was. We just sort of, you know, you know, you sort of, you know, you're talking about... 20, 30 years ago, you, you're, um, yeah, it was just, it just, it was what it was. You know, I think you guys have got a lot, your generation has got a much stronger focus on those sort of things, which is good, which is really good. Um, but for us, it was just sort of like, you know, toughen up. Yeah. You know, go, and, go, and, go and eat a cup of cement and harden up. I've heard that one before. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, but then again, mate, like, it can go too far the other way as well. Like we do, the reality is it's a big, bad world. And I say to my kids, I've got three kids and uh, my oldest daughter's your age. She's 16. Yeah. And I say to her all the time, like we've all got reasons to feel sorry for ourselves and to want to quit and, and justifiably to be able to go, that happened. And I have every right to chuck it in and feel sorry for myself. The only person when you do that, that misses out and that hurts is you because the rest of the world, they don't actually care. It's a big, bad, hard world. They don't care. Meanwhile, you're missing out on life. So we've all got every reason. We've got every excuse. But at the end of the day, the only person that impacts is you. So you just sometimes you do, man. Sometimes you just got to suck it up. You've got to just front up and have a bit of cement and go again. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. 
Yeah, so um, you talked about how you grew up in uh, lots of different places around the world. And we were just wondering, um, obviously, with this movements going on at the moment, um, do you think that uh, racism or people's uh, discriminatory attitudes or prejudices changed much since you were growing up? Or Oh, yeah, I think definitely. I think your generation are amazing. And I'm not just saying this because you boys are here. I, like, you guys get it far more. Like, man, honestly, in the 90s, you never would have gotten too... 16-year-old kids, or maybe you would have, I shouldn't say that, but I, I struggle to think that I would have had two 16-year-old, 17-year-old kids from a country town, pro-reconciliation, ringing me going, hey, do you want to do a podcast? Like, <laughs> you guys are a living embodiment of the change that's happened in this country in the last 20 years. And, and I'll be honest, man, you guys give me real encouragement and enthusiasm to keep doing what I do because I'm seeing you guys going out there doing what you do, and I'm going, man, how good are these bikes? They get it. That's exciting to me. You know, you guys are freaking awesome. So you are, you are an answer to that question, if I can say that. Yeah, that's, that's really exciting to hear that. Thanks, Thanks Scott. That's, no worries. Uh, Give us a pat on the back, pat each other on the back, whatever, you know. Yep. There you go. Um, you got the next one as well. Um, so do you think, uh, so you talked about how you uh, go around and you spread the word and um, you're like, you want to kind of change or how we view Aboriginal or like, spread awareness kind of um what can we do increase education increase education yeah what can we do um like just in general to try to um stop this like stop this culture or stigma or stigma how can we help well yeah it comes back to education boys you've got to get educated right so you guys are on the right path but you know there's little things like i always ask and i probably asked your session this a couple of years ago when we first met you know how many of your listeners out there know who is on the one dollar bill in america you boys know who that is? No, we don't. You Why? don't know who's on the $1 bill in America? Is it Benjamin Franklin? No, he's on the 100. You, you nearly got it right the first time. You started to say it. Is it George Washington? Yeah, George Washington. Very good. So you did know. You got it. Well done. Give yourself another pat on the back. All right, who's the, who's the Aboriginal man on the $50? Who's the Aboriginal man on the $50 note? Um, it's not Ben Along. Ben Along. <laughs> um... <laughs> $50 no, it wouldn't be linear, it's too late. Who would have come in before that? Well, um, let's just say we don't know. Is it, yeah. Do you know? I don't. I gave you time, I gave you time to get Washington. I've got to, so I've got to be fair, I've got to give you time to get this one. I do not know. Uh, it's, it's, no, no, it wouldn't be Stuck Nicholas. Sorry. Um, I'm actually impressed that you're reeling off all these names, Caleb, because a lot of, not a lot of people know who all those people you've just mentioned are. Most A lot of people don't even know who those people are. David Unipen, he invented the modern sheep shears, mm. author, amazing dude. But, but the point of that question is that nine out of 10, if you, if you did like a little video exercise down the main drag in Wodonga or you went down to Kiwa Street in Albury and you asked that question to 10 people, mm. I can guarantee you, you'd probably get five or six conservatively would get Washington. And I reckon you might be lucky if you got one who got David Unipen. And the reality is that we are just uneducated about the history of this country. When we look at Australia, we don't think 20, 30, 50,000, 100,000 years. We think 200 years, yeah. 250 years. And so the first thing we've got to do is we've got to actually start actively really trying to learn about the totality of our history as a country because what that does is it changes our mindset on the fabric of who we are as a nation. Right, so instead of just going, I think of Australia in terms of this and this and this, all of a sudden we go, I think of Australia in terms of this and this and this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so Indigenous people, examples 
ideologies, mindsets become a everyday part of the, of the fabric of who we are and the narrative of who we are and the conversation of who we are as a nation. So we've got to be educated, right? So number one, educate yourselves. Like there's heaps of good books you can get. There's heaps of stuff you can see online. Man, there's a great documentary called In My Blood It Runs. It just came out. If you haven't seen that, get onto that. There's a fantastic website called Australians Together. Get on that. It's free. There's good, there's good resources on that. There's a lot of stuff if we're actually, if we want to do this, there's a lot of stuff we can, we can see because it comes back to that whole idea of just listening, of just listening and hearing each other's stories and letting it soak in and changing how we perceive our, ourselves as a nation, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's, yeah, perfect. Very good. Get educated. That's exactly right. And I think your program through, I don't know if it's generally with a right journey program, but it definitely. No, just schools in general, mate. But yeah. Yeah. The right journey is a very good one. That's a good one. I enjoy that a lot. Yeah. It was fantastic to have you. Um, Where are we, we, Cam? Oh, there. That jumper's just throwing me. Anyway, keep going. (laughs) (laughs) We're a bit, um, you go, Cam, you're on. We're a bit, come on, Cam. We've got to be honest. Yes. Oh, don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. Speaking about Have you ever been starstruck? Yes. Oh, 100%. <laughs> always. Man, always. Like, you know, dude, like, you got to understand, most artists don't think of themselves, I mean, some do, but most artists don't think of themselves as anything special. Like, mate, who I am is not what I do. So, what's your dad do, Brock? Uh, he's a photocopier salesman. So, your old man goes and he, he sells photocopy machines, right? Yep. that's his job but that's not what he that's not who he is as a man who he is as a man is is his family his values how he treats people the respect he has from you and from you know, do you know what i mean yeah that's who it is um and it's the same with me man i just i'm just i'm just a bloke i'm just some dude from buddy living in melbourne with me kids and trying to get by and my stupid dogs and, and what i happen you know and what i happen to do for a living is that i stand up and sing to a lot of people but it doesn't doesn't change who i am so you know, but yeah, have I been starstruck? Yes, is the short answer to that. Probably the worst was when I first met Diesel, um, who's a singer-songwriter, won multiple arias, Aussie rock legend. Um, and yeah, I'm just embarrassed myself telling him repeatedly that I loved him. And um, yeah, it was good though, because when we, we ended up playing some shows together and I wrote some songs with him and recorded with him and we've spent a lot of time together since then. And he didn't actually remember me being a jerk. So that was good. <laughs> do you, what are your thoughts on uh, you should never meet your heroes? Um, oh, it just depends, man. Like, as I said, you know, I toured with Jimmy Barnes last year. He was amazing, just just genuine and kind. Um, this new single that comes out Friday is actually a duet with me and Ian Kenny, and he sings in a band called Birds of Tokyo yeah, uh, and yeah. also another Carnival. Uh, and he is the sweetest, nicest guy. The song that I'm releasing, I wrote with a mate of mine who sings in a band. Oh, he actually plays drums and guitar in a band called Eskimo Joe, Joel Quarterman. And <laughs> man, he's a legend. Wow. So, you know, and I've, I mean, I've hung out with all those Eskimo boys heaps. We toured together and wrote songs together, and they're all awesome. So, you know, it's very rare, dude, that you meet people who are, who are not, I don't know. It's good, it's good meeting them. But you've got to go into it that mindset that they're just, a, it's just a regular dude, you know, like. Yeah. You know, they're just trying to get through life like the rest of us. They're nothing special. They're just, that's happened to be what they do for a job. Yeah, Unless it's Diesel and then he is the Diesel. And he just... <laughs> and it was, was he like pretty laid back or did he think pretty highly of himself? Oh, no, nah. he's, he's super laid back. Yeah. That's the thing. I, I find, and maybe it's just me, but I find the more 
successful people are in this business, the more chill they are. The yep. ones who are real knobs are the ones who are sort of still trying to get there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and they're not quite up that ladder. It's like when you play footy, you know, and usually the kid is a real gun. He's real. Is that you? Is it Brock? Is no. real children. Is real children laid back. And the kid who's got the real flash boots, but he gets about three kicks a game and oh, yeah. he's slow. <laughs> Everyone uses him for a step ladder. Easy one. Who's running <laughs> Easy one running around telling everyone how good he is. So uh, <laughs> that's a great analogy. Um, so, have you had any funny interactions while public speaking? Oh, I might have had some terrible ones. Oh gosh, yeah, some are <laughs> terribly funny or terrible. Oh, yeah, funny, funny but bad, man. Like, <laughs> I remember, I was speaking at a school in Melbourne, and it was a sort of on the on the edge of the country, right? And um, I won't say the town; I don't want to embarrass people. But, it was a year 12 group and it's always a really fun day. These guys are good. It's a good school, good kids. Okay, and this one, this one kid heckled me a little bit, but it was funny. You know, the heckle was funny. So I, was, I turned around and I was going, um, where are you from, mate? And he told me the town. I said, that town, that's a dump. You know, it's not far. <laughs> Real it is. I go, that town's a dive and everyone's laughing. I go, and this town, apparently they've got a, a resort that they built in this town. I go, why would you build a resort in that joint? Who's going to that joint for a holiday? Those people must be ridiculous. And the kid goes, my parents own that resort. <laughs> <laughs> and they did. They actually did. So I've had a few. I've had a few of those where I've said things that were quite specific as a joke and the people have gone, that's me or that's my family or whatever, you know. Like, there's, a way, there's a way to put your foot in your mouth, mate. I'll find it generally. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, also, uh, from what we read, uh, you said that you got, um, you said that you toured uh, overseas and other places. And as you said, you grew up. No, I didn't tour. I just tour overseas. I didn't teach there. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, uh, you taught overseas. Um, so do people know much about uh, Aboriginal culture overseas? Oh, hundred percent, man. Like, and and what's really interesting, like, even I go to the UK every year and do some schools over there and speak in schools there, and it's really interesting because those, and I'm talking about real flash, like expensive private schools where royalty kind of go and oh, and those guys are like man this is our shared history you know and they see it's not just our history it's, it's our shared history as two countries you know i remember going to hawaii singing a song called sorry which talks about genocide and land displacement and all those sort of things and dudes come up afterwards and they go you know what that song resonates we had captain cook come here and he went to hawaii and tried to do the same thing there so we have actually got a lot more in common as a planet than we think um, and so, you know, music and all these themes of reconciliation, are, it's, a, it's a global thing that, that we share. It's not just unique to us, I don't think. Yeah. Um, we know you're pretty big on mental health from back in year nine. Your flute message resonates with me strongly. Would you like to explain what that is to our listeners? Yeah, so flute is an acronym for forgiveness, love, understanding, tolerance and empathy. And simply just... I just am really passionate about if we wear a flute lens every day and you, you do your very best to forgive people and lay it down, not carry things around and, and let them sit here eating away at you like a cancer, you'll actually be better off. You know, it, it's more about your own, like you said, your own mental health of laying things down and not carrying that, that damage. Um, you know, love, if we're all a little bit more loving to each other and, and I always use the analogy of, of um, you know, random acts of kindness, looking for kind things to do for people for no reason. If we all did a little bit more, we'd be in a much better headspace. Understanding, you know, what we spent a lot of this podcast talking about is 
taking the time to sit and listen to people and understand their journey and really get our heads around because if we can understand what made things happen, it makes forgiving and loving a lot easier. Um, so it's all to, it's a process that's involved together. Uh, tolerance is the ability to put up with things or people that upset or annoy you. Um, and when we do that effectively, all we're really doing is choosing to forgive someone straight away. You know, rather than feeling the need to be right and hang on to our need to be right, we're actually just going, I'm going to forgive you, lay it down, and I won't carry it around. I'm just going to move on to the next thing. Uh, and empathy, which is just, I think, is probably a deeper level of understanding. It's actually letting yourself feel what somebody else is feeling. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about us as humans wearing that lens in every encounter we have with other people because uh, I think it really probably helps us in our own journey. And it also certainly helps people around you. So it's sort of like this this win-win uh, that hopefully is contagious. Yeah. You could just only imagine if people use that flute lens overseas and what's happening in America at the moment. What, Mate, if we use it here, what's happening here? Yeah. 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 Don't worry about America. You know, they can worry about themselves. Let's worry about ourselves here. Yeah. Perfect. Yes. But you are right, Brock. America needs flute. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Take up a collection to get me over there. All right, let's go. <laughs> We'd love to. As yes. soon as ScoMo opens the borders. ScoMo. <laughs> you, yeah, you could say it's for work and you get over there. Oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Although, do you really want to go at the moment? I'm pretty happy just at home, just not going anywhere. <laughs> oh, sitting in Milan. Mate, I've got four chickens. I went and bought four chooks. So I've got, you know, got a, bit, a little bit of a farm going outside. You live in the CBD in Melbourne? Yeah. <laughs> you got the chooks in the backyard. Did you have to get a cancel grant? Uh, hey, what? Did you have to get a cancel grant or did you just bang back there? Oh. I don't know. Full, just full got... disclosure on the podcast. <laughs> no. Four chooks. We've got some veggies. We've got some rabbits. So we're just uh, living, the, living the farm dream in the middle of Melbourne, which is great. That's perfect. Uh, I'm, I'm That's... not in a rush to go anywhere, man, to be honest. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, one of the things is uh, we looked at is like uh, you first started recording in two thousand three, was it? Yep. Yep. So, um, was it like when you start to hear music and you record it and you uh, send it off and it got published or whatever it's called? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, was it like strange to hear you on like the radio or? Well, it didn't happen straight away, man. That first record in two thousand three was not fantastic, so. Uh, nobody's first record really is, I don't think, um, unless you have a full big machine behind you making sure it is, and I certainly didn't have that. So, um, I mean, I, I, like you say, my first record came out in 2003. I never heard myself on the radio, apart from community radio, which I don't really count because no one listens to it a whole lot. <laughs> um, I mean, no, don't get me wrong, they do, but it's not, you know, like there's a lot of people get played on community radio, but there's a difference between that and then hearing yourself on say a station like Triple M that I'd always listen to myself as a kid growing up and listen to the footy on it. And, you know, Eddie Maguire does the breakfast show on it and you listen to that. And um, Yeah. So that was a trip hearing myself. And that was 2016, the beginning of 2016. So I'd been at it for 13 years before that really happened. Um, so yeah, we'd had a long time working towards it and, and striving for it. And what was that song? Was it sorry? Uh, so that was solid rock. We did a version of solid rock. Uh, which was an old song from 1982 that Goanna recorded. And I was actually fortunate enough to have Shane Howard, who wrote the song, sing it with me on my record. Um, so it was a duet with Shane. Um, and that got played a lot, that sort of 
and that, that was a very life-changing thing because it was sort of um it got smashed the, the music video went viral uh i got a publishing deal out of that uh, i got a, a much better agent out of that so a lot of cool things happened around that song uh which was really cool you know um but yeah it was i mean it's a trip you know all of a sudden you sort of sitting there and on it comes and you know, first time you hear it in the car is quite weird, you know, because you're sitting there going, <laughs> trying to concentrate. Oh, hang on, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> no, probably turn down the windows and turn it up to the volume. Yeah, because you imagine pulling up to the yeah. pulling up to the lights and you look across and the dude's singing the song and he looks at you and you look at him and you're both like, oh, shit, he's the one that's singing it. Oh, I don't think people recognise me to that level, mate, but um, no, nah, yeah, it is weird. It is weird. Yeah, well, I remember to, I told my brother, my older brother, a couple of days ago that we're having you on the podcast. And he goes, "Yeah, shit, these things are good, good version of solid rock." Mm. Yeah, there's worse things to be known for than that. That's for sure. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> not wrong. Yep. Yep. So, um, we were just. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to talk about in terms of? Uh, well, who do you go for? Okay. Me. Oh, <laughs> and I'm very tortured. <laughs> very tortured. I'm a St Kilda fan. Oh, you poor bugger. You know, one of the best days of my life ever. Oh, oh you're a long fan. Oh, no. Two days before the granny, my best mate from uni rang me and he goes, he goes, mate, I've got your ticket. Because I'd just been in America and I just got back and he got me a ticket and um, he actually gave it to me. I didn't have to pay for it. And he gave it to me and it was standing room, you know, and it was like, man, I just didn't think we were going to get up. And then Chappie kicked that goal. <laughs> and I just, cried and I cried and I cried and then I stopped crying and I laughed at a few of the St Kilda supporters around me and then I cried a bit more. <laughs> That's so good. Great day. It's um, poke. So, so what this podcast, what we normally do is we try to find some weird, funny news to spread a, yep. bit, to spread a bit of laughter around. I like it. Um, so we'll read out a few stories that we have that we've found um, and we'll get you, we'll discuss them. And we'll get yep. you to comment on them. So this first one's a bit odd. I'll get Cab to read this one out. Cab. Cab. Oh, yes. Yeah. Abbreviated from Caleb. I got that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, you're right. I'm just being, I'm being silly. Okay. Uh, I'm lost here. Yeah, so our first story uh, comes from HuffPost. And a man fakes a wife's disappearance so she could avoid prison. Uh, the police. This is in America, yeah. <laughs> of course. So, um, so her they pretended that she plummeted from an overlook as part of a scheme to get out of having to go to uh, prison. Authorities said, uh, and she was on uh, where is it? Uh, healthcare fraud later this month. And uh, it uh, have you ever have you ever come up with some complete lie just to avoid having to do something well, it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be that obviously you've been charged with something but, but just, uh, just sure probably won't go and disclose that one. if i could think if i could think up good lies to get out of things i wouldn't be doing this podcast no i'm just kidding oh, <laughs> wow that's perfect we need i'm just kidding um yeah no i don't know i don't think so Probably, but not, nothing that springs to mind immediately. No. Oh, Have you had any experience? I'll, stick with, I'll just sit with that joke there that I made about doing the podcast. I feel like that was was good, and I can't probably can't say anything funnier than that. <laughs> I think we should just end that there. Are we done? <laughs> just end the podcast. Okay, no, no, going. What's the next one? Um, so we couldn't actually find much news because we did our our weekly pod yesterday. Mm. So we've yeah, yeah. we've come up with a question that could spark a bit of debate once I find the doc. Okay. 
Um, it was really just what flavour shapes you enjoy shape. best or shape is yeah. your favourite, as in the biscuit. Shape biscuits. I'm going to go mint slice. Mint slice. Mint slice. If you're having one biscuit, you got to have a mint slice. Don't worry about the shapes. They're garbage. Shit. So, oh, you just fully... Oh, you fully just, ditched, you just fully ditched the shapes. I've taken the shapes. I've put them in the bin. <laughs> and I've gone straight to the bit next to them at the supermarket. So I'm at the, I'm at the safeties. It's all on it. it. And here's the shapes. And I've just gone, no, nah, mint slice. He's gone into there. He's, he's not only avoided the shapes, he's knocked them onto the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've pushed, I've just flipped them like that. And I'll tell you why, because anything that gives you two for one, right? So what's the best ice cream of all time? Is the splice. Half icy pole, half ice cream. That's actually a bold Ooh. statement. Ooh. Or the Bubble O Bill. Half ice cream, half bubble gum. <laughs> do, do you like the Golden Gaytime by any chance? Oh, my wife loves them. She loves them, but I'm not. I'm not about it because I just don't feel like breadcrumbs have got any business being in an ice cream. But that's <laughs> pretty passionate about ice creams. Uh, uh, but yeah, the spice. You can't beat the spice. What flavour? Green, pine lime. Pine lime. Pine lime. Yeah. yeah, yeah, green. Always, always. So what would be in that box? You know, I'll give you the same thing. Jelly slice. Jelly slice. You know the jelly slice? It's not an ice cream. Jelly slice that you have with the jelly oh. and then the custard. And it's got like the crumble at the bottom? Yep. Oh, right. Okay. From the bakery. From the bakery. So yeah. you go in there, you go, I feel like a bit of custard tart, but I also feel like jelly. You know what? Bang. So what about the lemon? So it appears you're big on two for ones, just like as That's you said, exactly right. As your career. I know. Well, I was, just saying, I was just saying no to this podcast, but then I realized there's two hosts. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you've only been talking to me. So, well, on, that's, on, the, on Instagram, you've only been talking to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I realised that. But once I realised that Cab was in on the deal. <laughs> yeah, God. I'm, I'm a real human. I'm not just a, a fake. He's a real boy. Yeah, that's <laughs> a real boy, yeah. All right, so I think that almost wraps it up. Do you have anything else to add? No, thank you very much for having me on your podcast. And uh, I think you boys are amazing. So well done at um, being prepared and uh, for having me on. Yeah, thanks so much again, Scotty, for coming on the podcast and we'll see you eclectic next fam next week.